Welcome to Three Sisters in Crime. Three sisters obsessed with crime. I'm Jana. <laughs> I'm Karen. And I'm Brooke. And we have our mom here. Hi, mom. Hi. Hi. It's nice to be here. <laughs> Hi, mama. We Wait. let our mom come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> We're all up at Karen's house. We're yeah. on the farm. For the weekend on the farm. We're breaking quarantine rules. Yeah, we have more than ten people. <laughs> no, we only have nine. Oh, then we're fine. If we you don't, don't count the animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nobody alert to wine. Nope. <laughs> hey, happy birthday, sister. Oh, thank you. I'm 27. <laughs> Forever 27. All right. <laughs> Listen to her. The no. Last no. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. As I sit here looking uncomfortable. <laughs> Nobody. Hey, why does nobody like... To be saying happy it's so too. weird to like sit there and listen to people sing loudly <laughs> <laughs> at you well, while yeah. all making Don't eye contact. Sound real great. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's the really cake was delicious. Too. Yes, it was. I, I broke my diet yeah. to have. Can we cake. have some more? Yeah, there's more. That sounds like a very good breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Keep Robert out yeah. of it. Gosh. Oh, all right. Does he so, like the cake? Um, he likes anything that you could put in your mouth. Like okay, food, like okay, any food. I agree. I love that salsa you made. It was so good. Yeah. I could have sat and I, ate that whole If anybody bowl. wants the recipe, let me know. Hit me up. What's the name of it? Well, I like to call it Mexican caviar. <laughs> Ooh, but I've heard it called cowboy Te- caviar. Oh. I've heard it called Texas caviar. Yeah, I, I've heard it called cowboy caviar. My but friend Allison makes anything that. Anything that has those ingredients. Corn? Yes, please. Black, um, black beans. beans avocado. 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 Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very so good. good. Yeah. I'll eat all of it. Oh, <laughs> me too. I love salsa. You can feed me Mexican food every day. Okay, a retirement community in Brooksville, Florida was gripped with fear as four women are beaten to death and their homes set on fire. The police set out on what is considered high-tech surveillance at the time. The suspect, a concerned neighbor who just moved into the area to live with his sister. Today we are going to discuss the granny killer, Edwin Caprat. We got information for this case from Murderpedia, AP News, and My Crime Library. So today we have our mom here because she actually has a personal connection to this story. So mom, you want to tell us about it? Well, right before he was arrested, about six to nine months, I made a visit to Florida to visit my childhood friend and I took my daughter, Brooke, with me. Me. Hi, I was the lucky one. <laughs> we got stuck at home. It was a yearly <laughs> visit, so we went quite often to her house. Yeah. Um, I'd known her since I was nine years old, so it was a long time. Anyway, we go there, and when, that evening when it was after work time, Ed showed up. Okay. He was sitting on the couch, smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. And oh. he really didn't speak or say hello or do anything except watch the TV. But it felt kind of like in my gut, like something wasn't right. It felt like, you know, like when you aren't sure of a situation and, and you want to get out. Yeah. I did. That's exactly how yeah. I He didn't I felt. talk to you guys at all? No, no. he did mm-hmm. not speak. 
Whoa, that, that would be his head. That would be weird yeah. to me. He like some friendly. rando man sitting on the couch and he doesn't even speak to me. Exactly, because I visited her many times and never anybody was there. So, so it was different. Yeah, and mom's friend, we're not going to say her name, was just like, oh, he's fine. You know, like, oh, he's just going to, he's just tired from work. Or yes. I just remember there was a lot of excuses of why he wasn't the friendliest person. Right. So as the evening wore on, I decided this is a little uncomfortable. So I said, is he going to spend the night to my friend? And she said, oh no, he doesn't spend the night here. And I said, oh good. I really feel uncomfortable. She said, why? He's super nice. Later that evening, Brooke says to me, mom, I don't feel really good around that guy. Was he creepy? I well, we okay. So we weren't around people that drink beer and yeah. smoke cigarettes. So that made me uncomfortable in the least, and that was just our upbringing and how we were raised. Okay, but then he just—I just didn't know who he was. We weren't expecting a he person totally to be creepy. there. Yeah. So I think yeah, I was creeped out because I didn't know him. I didn't know any. He didn't talk to was us. Was her daughter there too? Yes, the daughter was. There. Yes, she so, was there also. How old was she then? Like 10? I think about four or five years younger than me. So if I was 16, she was probably 10 or 11. Okay. So I told Brooke that I already talked to her and that I am assured that he is not spending the night here. Otherwise, we would be going and getting our own place. Yeah. That gave her assurance. Yeah. I do have a question, though. Did he stay the night? No. Okay. He did not stay the night. He left late at night. He left I did late. not go to bed or get ready for bed until he was gone. He All gave right. the creep vibes for wow. sure. Wow. So yeah. that was in February of 93. So I got my information from an article that was written in October of 1993, the Orlando Sentinel. So okay. mine is a good and old. Okay. Um, so victims ranging in age from 72 to 87 started turning up in their homes burned starting on October or I'm sorry August 7th of 93 mm-hmm. yeah. um, the last one was found in September on September 26th of 93 so it was a very short amount of time where he um, yeah very short yeah and he what was not careful rampage and, and when they asked him why he just said he had urges yeah I just <laughs> okay well I have well, an urge to eat a cupcake yeah so. me too all the time. Um, I get that no not exactly they all lived alone they were all attacked at night in the middle of the night oh I didn't know that and then their homes were set on fire oh. he must have left my friend's house and went and attacked people. Yeah, so I didn't, I assumed that it was like while he was there working, because he was a handyman. So maybe he worked for them during the day and then returned at night. Okay. I don't okay. know. I know that, yeah. There it was, definitely was somebody that he had done work for. Right. And then, okay. Right. So, yeah, it was very short. So the the four victims, um, Sophia Garrity was the first victim. She was mur- murdered our August 7th. Her death was initially thought to be from the fire that he sat after he beat her to death. So he's a real winner. Yeah, he's He's a real winner. (laughs) August 17th, William and Alice Whitney were severely beaten, but both of them survive. Yeah, that's the one that he was was beating the wife Mm -hmm. and the husband came in. And surprised him. And the husband even says, like, he didn't know I was there and I surprised him. When that would be quite a surprise. Right. Can you imagine walking in on somebody beating your wife? Also, uh, how big he is. The yes, they, he's huge. He's a very large man. He's over 200 pounds. He's mm, very, burly. he's a very large. Yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah, I don't I don't want to walk in and see anybody getting beaten, but wouldn't you be kind of taken aback like, that you didn't think you could take the person? Right. Well, they, <laughs> the yeah. people in that neighborhood had nicknamed him the Neanderthal because of his looks and how big he is. So, yeah, can you imagine walking in and wow. seeing a caveman? <laughs> Ruth Goldsmith uh, was the next one. She was thought to have been killed in the fire um, because the fire inspector ruled that there was an, ele- an electrical short, and then later they realized that um, something else had been going on. Mm -hmm. By September 2nd, the police knew they had a serial murderer operating in the area when Lydia Rydell, Ruth Goldsmith's best friend, which is so sad, was found dead also. And the last death that uh, he's accused of or found guilty of occurred on September 30th when Garrity, the first victim's neighbor, Lorraine Dahl, was found dead in her home. This guy is a... So they were all almost connected. It's all in this one neighborhood. Yeah. So this whole neighborhood, like people moved out of the neighborhood, um, got surveillance stuff on like yeah. went and bought security systems i mean they were terrified and I they can were imagine. all and they older were old. yeah, yeah all of them it's a retirement 70s community. 80s that is so sad so I can't even imagine. police received an anonymous tip later um they identified the person as janice daniels and so she called the police and said that the person committing the spring hill murders is edwin caprat um she was a friend of his parents. And so she said that she knew that he had been doing work in all these people's homes and then they're turning up dead. So she uh, called and support- imagine being the one that figured that out. So well, this is 1993. So we're early in DNA, we're early in mm-hmm. you know wired connections. We are not all that sophisticated. Yeah, we, <laughs> there's no such thing as social media. So police start using some what they consider high-tech tactics. That are new to investigations. First off, they had hundreds of suspects because everybody in that neighborhood started reporting any person that looked slightly suspicious. So if you I can see all the grannies peeking out their window and calling the police on everybody. So that was a little hard on the police at first because they were having to investigate every single person that was called in. So that was hard on them. Then one of the things that they did, they set up surveillance and they videotaped all of the victims' funerals. So anybody who came to the funeral then and signed their get the the visitors book, they then went and investigated because you know the whole killer returns to the scene of the crime thing. Right. So they did that, and then forensic investigators were able to find a fingerprint at Lorraine Dawes home which was the last victim. So I think I read that so he beat and raped these women and then set their houses on fire. This last one he left the door open and so the fire actually burned out. So that's one reason they were able to recover some evidence because he's stupid. Yeah. (laughs) He left in a hurry. (laughs) He's my son. He doesn't close the door when he leaves the house. (laughs) Um, One thing that I found is very interesting was that Lorraine Dahl also told her bank, somebody at her bank, that she felt weird about this guy. That he kept showing up in her house asking to use the phone. Weird. Yeah. So she was like creeped out by him and she told somebody that and then she turns up dead. So. Wow. I know. Don't let strangers use your phone inside your house. I know. You don't have to be nice. Right. (laughs) Go with your gut. Go with your gut. That's what mom. That's right. 
Mom says. So as investigators started to look into the victim's past, they also found several links to Caprat because he was a handyman and him and his father had done work in all of the victim's homes. He had been nicknamed the Neanderthal, which I'd talked about by the residents of the retirement community because they had witnessed an incident between him and his girlfriend. So I don't know if this was your friend. I don't Where think so. he had pushed her and then like firemen carried her yeah. over his shoulder back into the house. Like, you go with me, I woman. Have no idea about that <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where he got that nickname. Plus, like we said, his appearance. He's this huge, burly, 200 pound man with scruffy hair. I imagine he probably wasn't in shape. <laughs> no, <laughs> he worked out. He didn't have a six <laughs> pack of abs. He had a six pack of Bud Light. He had a beer. <laughs> he definitely had the beer belly. Okay, yeah. okay. So the police also ended up installing trackers on his truck and on his father's father. truck yeah. and following them around because they weren't sure if it was his father or if it was him that was actually doing the murders. Because they both were handymen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the investigation, which was pretty high tech at the time. Now it seems like like standard there. <laughs> right. Like something you might do if you're a jealous girlfriend. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. I will tell you that my friends, I, I, I don't know if it was like a tactical squad or whatever, told her they were surveilling her home. So they're, oh. She got at this point. So this is this during point, that investigation. During, during, right before the arrest. Yeah. The police in Florida did a really good job on this guy because. They did not let him go they on for long. They didn't. They caught on to it really fast. And not that he was like trying to be real like right, secretive about stuff. <laughs> he was, definitely wasn't trying to hide his tracks. But they, they did. They jumped on it. And so they were following him and well, watching her. Her house. That had yeah. to be so scary. That would be so scary. Could you imagine? No. The police knocking on your door saying, we I think, think your boyfriend is a murderer. I'm like looking out the window trying to figure out why are you driving by two yeah. times? And she was very concerned because once she found out they were surveilling her house, she realized it was something very, very serious. They did tell her it was because of this serial killer mm-hmm. and that she had a young daughter with her yeah. and that she had let someone in the house that possibly was a murderer. Yeah. I'm well, sure there no, was definitely was. And mom, just so you know, he was also guilty of a murder in 1991, but he was never indicted for it because he didn't have enough evidence. So at the time that you're talking about having met him, he had, he had already killed somebody. Oh, I think so he was scary. only convicted on using I'm, stolen credit cards. That gives me the chills. He yeah. didn't, he couldn't get convicted On of the their murder. murder. Yeah. yeah, he was, but they linked him and yeah, whatever. He was he was convicted of using. But they knew he cards. murdered him. They so knew he murdered that man. Mom should tell then. Now that we went home after our trip, and this is actually before he was convicted. He was already arrested. It had been several months, probably close to almost a year before he went to trial. And my friend called me and she, we had kind of lost touch because I was having weird thoughts about this guy and she was going she through all this to hear it, I think, too. So yeah. there was like no contact between us. And she called me one day and she was talking very softly, like almost a whisper. And she said, you're not going to believe this, but you were right about, I said, what? (laughs) Is he Ed or Mike? I don't know. I said, what? And she says, he's been arrested as a serial killer for these women. And she told me the story. And then she said that she was 
asked to testify and she had to testify because she they're not married. She was really afraid that he would get out and do something to her and oh, her daughter. Ooh. So it's scary. Yeah. yeah. So Ooh. please listen to your gut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember I'm so you. I'm glad I did. I, I listen to your you, friend's gut. I remember <laughs> you calling me and telling me this. So, I mean, I remember every detail of this thing. That is so weird because I did not even know about this until and like Brooke was there a and doesn't year remember ago. it. Yeah. I remember every detail. I remember, I mean, I remember all of it. And I mean, I know Brooke that remembers. was a long time ago, and I was hanging on every word. <laughs> was, yeah. yeah, I was still in high school. So like all I cared about was being going tan. In, yeah, right, <laughs> going outside and getting a tan, hanging out with my friends, you know, whatever. So mom said he was fine. Okay, whatever, you know, like yeah. Well, she didn't say he was fine. She said he wasn't going to be around. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or you don't don't worry, we've got it handled. Kind right. Of thing. And when mom tells you that, I guess you go with mom. So I, um, he, this is kind of crazy. So he eventually gets the death sentence. He's sentenced to death he on death February 28th. <laughs> this is the time we 1995. So his trial went for a, a long while. time. Yes. And, or his, you know, however long his sentencing took as well. So good. He's sentenced to death. He's not getting out. He's, you know, whatever. But he runs into two guys in prison and they kill him. Oh. Yay! Yay! We love jailhouse justice. Yeah. So (laughs) I was really trying to think, oh, I hope that like they knew somebody, you know, they knew one of his victims or they were mad because he was the granny killer and they loved their grandma or, you know, (laughs) something like that. But no, these pieces of crap were actually trying to speed up their death sentence. So Mario Lara, L-A-R-A, I don't know if it's Lara or Lara. It sounds Hispanic. Rigoberto Sanchez Velasco were the two people that stabbed him and killed him on February, or I'm sorry, April 19th, 1995. So he literally was only in prison for February to the end of February, February to the middle of April. Wow! So he Three didn't months. even get he didn't to even like have to suffer yet. Yeah, I I I don't know. I mean, good he's dead, but good for yeah. It is good. So he's dead. Mario Lar, or I'm sorry, it was the Sanchez one. He wanted to speed up his death sentence. He had actually, people had filed appeals for him and he turned them down. So he just wanted to die. So he was trying to hurry up and die. So So he thought, I'm just going to kill somebody in prison. That is weird. It is really weird. I think, I mean, he he was actually, he had um, raped an 11 year old. Oh, God. So he was really not. (laughs) Like, I don't feel bad for him anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So, those are some stories to go into, maybe for another time. <laughs> I don't but, know. But, um, yeah, I don't like yeah. rapers. Uh, yeah. So, Child I hate rapers. rapers. Yeah, so, yeah I don't think we'll cover children yeah. murders. So, yeah, I thought that was yeah. interesting that he really didn't get to yeah. suffer in prison. He may not even have gotten a permanent cell at that point. Yeah. Because they moved you around at the for beginning. like two and a half months. Nobody got to visit him and tell him. Not you even know, two and a like, half months. Probably just about two months. Yeah. Well, and we, the last murder on our last episode, he didn't get a last meal. Oh, good! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh! He 
peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwich? Yes, yes. You yeah. get some bread and butter. You got surprise. <laughs> We're going to kill you now. Shake, shake, shake. Hope you took extra servings. Yes. All right. So that was um, Granny Killer Edwin Caprat. And I don't even care how you say his name. I'm calling him Caprat. Caprat. <laughs> he is a rat. He is a rat. <laughs> rest in yeah. nowhere. Rest in rotten hell, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, mom. <laughs> Mom's eyes are huge. That's from the last episode. That's <laughs> a direct call. quote. Yeah, that is a direct quote. <laughs> so thank you for listening to Three Sisters in Crime. If you have a case suggestion or comments, you can email nice us. Nice comments. Yeah, only nice. We don't like mean. <laughs> don't be mean to us. Uh, you can email us at sistersincrimepodcast3 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Three Sisters in Crime. Like and sus- subscribe our podcast on Stitcher and Spotify. And we are coming soon to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We are so official. We are <laughs> official. We like our real thing now. We are real. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Yay. Say bye.